0: Good
1: afternoon and welcome. It's Tuesday and that means it's time for a crack strategy panel. And it is the first time we're meeting since the pictures of the prime minister in black and brown face emerged last week. I am very interested to hear their views on that and a whole host of other developments. We will also be taking your calls. I know a lot of people couldn't get through yesterday, couldn't get through on Friday. So we're back. 416-360-0740, 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 740 740 And now I'd like to welcome John Capobianco, Senior Vice President and Senior Partner, Fleischman Hillard High Road, Karen Stintz, former City Councilor and current CEO of Variety Village in Charles Bird, Managing Principal of Earnscliff Strategy Group in Toronto. Welcome, everybody. Thank you.
2: Hi, Libby.
3: Good afternoon.
1: Okay, I think we have to start with So your take on the impact of the blackface, uh, I just before uh, we went to air, I saw some New numbers out of ECOS research, and they said that at the beginning, the impact was extremely large, but it's already started to recede. Is is that your view?
3: Yeah, it's it's a remarkable phenomenon. I was saying just a few minutes ago to my colleagues that um, I'm not sure we've seen a precedent for this thing in the midst of a federal election campaign. Um And it's becoming increasingly clear that, um, you know, however people interpret what has transpired. And I think, you know, there are a thousand different reactions to seeing the photos, which are shocking and unsettling and all those good things. Um, that is really not having that great an impact on voter intent that we see at the moment. I mean that may change, it may linger, it's difficult to determine. Um but what it makes me think is that the prime minister's brand is is much stronger than anything we had previously calculated and that there seems to be um a, a, something of a of a strong consensus that he's clearly not a racist. I'm not sure folks know exactly why he did what he did 18 years ago or 25 years ago or 30 years ago. Or Um, all of the above you know his pension for the dramatic as a drama teacher is pensioned for costumes self admitted um but um it, yeah it, it it's 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 quite something but i think it's reaffirmed the fact that he has some sort of alchemy with canadians that where canadians are willing to cut him a lot of slack because there are a number of other politicians at, in canada and elsewhere who i mean they would have been dead in the water if something like this had and, happened
1: and he them. would have uh, killed them in the water if they were from his party uh, uh, so people uh you know when we when we get to you i'd like you to weigh in on whether uh, the prime minister has some special alchemy with you but john uh, Campobianco, do you agree with charles
2: uh oh i don't i think that there's a huge issue here and it it may it's going to affect his brand and it's going to affect the liberal brand but i think though that Canadians will take a look at this, and I think they 're having discussions about this i think it 's going to linger we 're seeing some dip in the polls we 're seeing some dip with respect to people 's perspective on on Justin Trudeau. I think his popularity and his personal, personal numbers are going down, although you know the, the party numbers are staying are staying firm in some cases, but we 're getting some reports now that, that that as people are polling are being polled over the course of the last week and weekend and and over that people are starting to have uh, a, a, quite, a few, uh, quite a few issues with respect to this, but this is an issue that uh, I don't think Justin is racist, but I think that it shows a huge lack of judgment. And at 29 years old, uh, and by the way, at 29, Andrew Shear was deputy speaker of the House, so you can give you have a perspective of you know who's uh, who takes their their careers uh, seriously. But um, I would say that um, at 29, he should have known better. Uh, and I also think that his apology, the first one on the plane, was so lacking uh, that I think it caused even more problems for him to have to come out a second the second day and apologize again with a bit more compassion. Uh, caused a bit of problem uh, with him and and with his party. But I do think it's going to affect him not only as a leader uh, in this campaign, but also if he gets reelected, how's the international um, leadership and how's the international scene going to take him uh, in this case? Because he's been ridiculed by everybody and it's been national, international news uh, since it happened.
1: Uh, That's right. And and, uh, one of the things that I found personally really hard to take was – To watch Donald Trump react to this, you know, with a kind of attitude of self-righteousness is like, oh my goodness. Karen, what's your view?
4: Well, I I think that um, the conservatives actually didn't play the narrative correctly on this one, uh, because I, I agree, I don't think anyone thinks that Trudeau is a racist, and that's why this didn't stick to him. But I think the underlying issue around Trudeau is whether he's serious, and there's a question like, do adults do what he did? No, they don't actually. Um, if they if they're going to a costume party, there's no need to, to to do that. And so it's a question of is 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 he? There's a frivolity and there's a, a lack of depth. I think that is really where the narrative should have been with the conservatives. Because again, we saw it in India when he dressed up. We see it in his apologies that he can't make on the ethics scandal. We see his first apology fell flat, and then he comes come back with a second apology, and, and then he he, he, he cancels – he, he doesn't respond to the monk debate. Well, and, and a, before, before this happened, yeah. he didn't respond to the monk debate. But there's a question, is this man serious, and how can we take him seriously as our prime minister?
1: And it, also, with the first apology, where he kept referring to being in makeup and didn't say the word blackface, after that he acknowledged that those were not his own words. I mean, okay, yes, these guys all have speechwriters, spinners, but – Why would you acknowledge that, Charles?
3: Well, I mean, you you have to understand what the dynamic is like when a story or a scandal like this breaks. Which is usually there's a there's a substantial core of personal humiliation, and that's certainly true of the prime minister. And at at the time, you know, to have these facts come to light in the middle of an election campaign, and to have to address them two hours later in front of the national media on a on a plane. I mean, that's that's enormously difficult. and so I wasn't surprised at all. In fact, I was somewhat gratified that he came out the next morning and addressed the issue in greater detail and, and perhaps having had overnight to think about it and think through what he really wanted to say. And I suspect he will be talking about this kind of thing till the end of the campaign. I don't think it's going to go away. But I agree with Karen. I was really um, taken aback by the reaction of both Mr. Shear and Mr. Singh. In Mr. Singh's case, you know, after his preliminary response where he really didn't know what was going on he came back with a very very thoughtful you know we have to think about our children and we have to think about children <clears> who are racialized and what they and their and their lived experience whereas sheer's reaction was he's a liar he's not fit for the job just the, the the standard talking points and so when you talk about a missed opportunity that that was most certainly it and as i was saying to john on the way in this incident has raised the bar to such an extent that if sheer is unsuccessful in this election and Trudeau does win, I think she's done for as conservative leader.
2: I, I would say this. I would say that um, the opposite, I think, with respect to to Justin and how he handled it from the beginning. I think that it actually shows um, people are judged by how they react to not only good, positive events, but also bad crisis events. And I think that he handled that particularly bad. And I think that, you know, for him to say and for him to be able to come out, he had some a lot of time because apparently he's had this picture for some time and he knew about yeah. it. Uh, he was hoping that it wouldn't show. So there must have been somebody in the in the war room saying hey, in case this comes up, we should be prepared to say this, this and this. And for him to come out and, 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 and then on the airplane and sort of say what he did and apologize in his half sort of, you know, his makeup was costume, uh, was just so I ill-advised. Su- I suspect
1: but- he took somebody Advice
2: on that, but but for even yeah. him to say that, but also yeah. for, as a leader, you should you could always question what comes to you from your yeah, from your campaign team and say you know what I'm not saying that, but my but the true essence of what I did was wrong and and I know that you guys are going to say this, but I think I have to say this to what, what, what to to believe what Canadians want to hear. I think was 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 misplayed, but um, so I do think it's going to be a problem and I think it's going to linger w- with him. Um, but I also believe that what we've seen and and the fact that it's been number one a story in international news stories uh, across the world is a problem, and it's going to be an issue with respect to the believability factor. And what Karen was saying about, you know, is he going to be taken seriously now if he gets reelected is a very serious issue, and Canadians are going to reflect on that. It's, it's There's still three or four weeks left to go in the campaign, and this will be brought up in every debate and every issue that's going to be mentioned.
1: I, th- I think that internationally, it seems to me, it's been eclipsed by uh, Greta Turn, Turnberg, I'm having a brain.
3: Turnberg and, and Trump has lowered the bar so and much. Trump,
1: well, yeah, and Trump and and the news about Brexit. So I don't know if that's a lasting thing, though. Yeah, people will. I mean, there there are so many highly problematic world leaders on the stage now. Uh, it it would be unfortunate for us to have another one, but uh, uh, I I don't know about that. And people again are saying it it was only costume, it was so long ago, move along. But but again, um, what do well, you think about the hypocrisy aspect?
4: Well, I, I mean, I was going to comment, I think that um, it, it's interesting when you, when you think about the fact, oh, it was 20 years ago, and somehow Justin Trudeau gets a pass, and Andrew Scheer doesn't. Because 20 years ago, he made a speech in the House of Commons about same-sex marriage, and yet that label sticks to him. And I think that's because people intrinsically believe that he continues to not believe in same-sex marriage whereas trudeau intrinsically people don't believe he's a racist but there but there is a hypocrisy and there's no question and the 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 idea of does it does it matter what you did 20 years ago kind of unless you can demonstrate that you're not that person anymore and so i think I, i i think that's what justin trudeau needs to continue to do is to demonstrate that he's a serious thoughtful person and wearing makeup and dressing up doesn't help that well, Can I just, also
1: say? just one thing and i want to let charles respond to another thing that people have brought up uh in his second apology he kept talking about his privilege his white privilege prime minister's son privilege and then some people came up and said hey buddy th- this isn't about you and your issues is, is is that a thing charles that he's kind of wrapped up in his own issues
3: um you know i think that there is such a degree of consciousness of what it is to grow up um, as part of a minority, as, as racialized in Canada and in the United States. And I think it was incumbent upon the prime minister to signal that he really understands. And I also think it happens to be the truth. I mean, he grew up in very unusual circumstances. There aren't many of us who can say, you know, they spent their formative years at 24 Sussex with one of the most famous men in Canadian history as their father. And I think this is something people are, are building in that if he was going through some journey of Self discovery and a, who knows, right? But I, but I, I don't know how else to explain the fact that his popularity. You can't, popularity <laughs> you remains, can't. You can't remains, explain remains, it. Remains, are we supposed to be it? sorry for him that he untouched? had a gilded no, upbringing?
2: In fact, the opposite. I, I, I give Charles a huge amount of credit for trying to, to, try and explain this. But this is the son of a prime minister. Like, if anybody should have known yeah. better, and a prime minister who, who championed multiculturalism and, and championed, you know, I remember my parents coming into, coming from Italy in 1960. Uh, being able to say, well, it was because of Pierre Trudeau that they were allowed into this country, and they were going to vote Liberal up until I told them that they shouldn't because I was a conservative. Um, but but he should have known better. So I, this this issue of privilege, um, I do get, I do understand that those who haven't been uh, 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 haven't had the, the effects of racism um, might not understand. But he was a son of a prime minister for a long time. Might he not understand.
3: It. My goodness, I mean, and let's talk about the other the other elephant in the room, right? Which is there aren't too many people concerned that there's a whole bunch of liberal MPs practicing blackface or brownface or however you want to call it. There is very legitimate concern that there's a whole bunch of conservative MPs and wannabe conservative MPs who are very interested in taking away a woman's right to choose but that's and nonsense. reproductive rights. But no, to be honest with you, that's nonsense. We,
1: that's complete nonsense. At all. That just a, nonsense. A, just we, I just had Andrew Shearer on the show yesterday and I challenged him on that. I said, you know what, As many times as you've said it, I hear from a lot of people who simply do not believe you, and he said, I think maybe for the second time, it's the first time I heard it, that if any of his MPs try to bring it up in some kind of private member's bill, he will vote against it.
3: It'll still be there, and they will continue to bring it forward. And if they have yeah. the numbers, they will try to get it through. And that's that's reality that's that are That is
4: not the truth. That is not the case. Well, and why that's won't the damage. He, why, why
3: why won't Mr. Shearer say I will not allow my MPs to bring forward legislation uh, of this? Because nature. they're because, very because simple because MPs sentence but he won't do Because they, he his base is based in social conservatism that is out of line. Well, with social conservatives Canadian aren't going to elect thinking. a prime
4: minister, so he needs to be broader based in his approach. And I, I just I just don't think that's and the that's issue. political suicide. Why would yeah Why do that? So Charles,
2: are, we, uh, are we Okay, but
1: this is really good this is really good changing of the channel.
4: <laughs> Thank you. Changing Thank of the you. conversation. <laughs> because Excellent Charles work, needs Charles. to change the dress. Well I was gonna say the elephant in the room before you threw Andrew Shear under the bus is the fact that Trudeau still can't tell us how many times he put makeup on his face. And well, the fact that he's, he's done it more
2: than once. He's well, done
4: it th- three times that he that they found out about. And I, then he's like, I don't actually know. Well, what? How that, do you not know? Well, is it so many it times it you Mike can't have keep track? Once this, is
2: a mistake. Three times is a pattern. <laughs> or, if, if,
4: or so many times you can't keep
0: track.
1: Well, it, it, I. This is totally uh, <laughs> speculation, and it's not my speculation that I've heard. Some people think that it was kind of his party trick thing, maybe.
2: Well, it seemed to be it seemed to be something that he sort of went to on a, on a sort of, you know, anyways, it's, it's just doing it three times and not knowing how many more times you've done it is problematic. And it'll be problematic for the prime minister if we can talk politically, that if it comes out, another picture or yeah. two come out in the next two or three weeks, I think people are going to get uh, tired of it. I think that's what his biggest worry is, that another one shows up. But I also think from a tactical perspective, it takes a huge tactic away from the liberals. They cannot now, with any credibility, yeah. attack conservatives Attract. or anybody else for anything that might have been said or done you know five or ten or 15 Ooh, just years watch ago. us we will racism or yeah. multiculturalism yeah. I
3: think
4: that that is now that is a big no-touch area
3: homophobia yeah. Islamophobia well but, but Charles you guys have been you guys have been throwing uh, that against sir. conservatives
2: for the last you know 20 years it's the only thing you guys have to go against conservatives because somebody in a conservative might have been a pro-life or might have been a social conservative but when the prime when the leader of the the party as Andrew Shear has said over and over again that he will not allow it as leader Mike Harris said The same thing and Stephen Harper said the same thing, and nothing ever got passed with with them because they said it when they were leaders and when they became premier and prime minister, they didn't didn't allow it. The
1: the only thing this is totally a a personal perception. The difference would be I don't believe that Stephen Harper is a social conservative. Don't believe, certainly don't believe that Mike Harris is or was one. Andrew Scheer, I think, yes, he is. Oh. His personal personal beliefs, which he's entitled to. Right which is, uh, let's take a couple of calls. We've got Rob in Toronto. Hi, Rob. Hello. You're on the air. Go ahead.
5: Okay, I'm going to paraphrase uh, Bill Maher. I don't know if you ever watch his show at night.
1: Uh, uh, he sometimes. Said, he said, says a lot of controversial things.
5: Yes, he's, very, he's a very liberal guy. He's the one that got sued by Donald Trump for saying that Donald Trump's father was secretly an orange orangutan. <laughs> <laughs> and Trump, Trump sued him for $5 million for that. But Bill Maher says, he did a thing out the other night, liberals have to stop apologizing for everything they've ever done in their lifetime. Okay. As an example, he said, he said, we used to just dro- drive down the road and throw crap out the window, and nobody thought anything of it. It's horrible now. We're shocked that we actually did that, but people did it. He said, we used to put 200 people in a giant aluminum tube on an airplane, children, babies, asthmatics, elderly, and just light up a Chesterfield. And nobody thought anything of it because it was accepted at the time. But now we look back and we think, how in the world could we have thought that? Like, how could we have accepted that? That's crazy. And yes, it was
1: crazy. But at the time, we didn't think anything of it. Okay, I take your point. Thank you very much, Rob. Okay, let's take one from
6: Diane in Toronto. Hi, Diane. Hi, Libby. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Go Uh, ahead. My comment is about your your, uh, reaction to Donald Trump's uh, reaction to the the blackface thing. Uh, You know, with Donald Trump, such as he is, whatever he is, what you see is what you get. With with Justin Trudeau, this guy hides behind it. So what I'm saying is Trump is a wolf. And Justin is a is a is a wolf in sheep's clothing, and that's more dangerous.
3: That makes Andrew <laughs> Shearer a sheep in sheep's <laughs> you <know>? clothing,
6: <laughs> you know. And I think I think that's what's more dangerous. And uh, you know, as far as his apology goes, I don't believe one word of it. The first one he gave, he apologized, blah 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 blah. And subsequent to that, uh, the NDP guy got up and started talking about the hurt feelings for people and this and that. Oh, how hurtful it was. Then Justin got on that bandwagon saying, Oh, I heard everybody. That never came through on the first one. I, I don't believe a word he says. I don't think anybody should believe. Like all these promises he's making, he's not going to keep any of them. He never did, and he won't keep any of them.
1: Okay, Diane, thank you for that. Okay. Okay, Andrew Scheer seems to respond, even on bread and butter issues now, when you're trying to compare his offerings to the liberals by saying, you can't trust Justin Trudeau to come through on that. And I'm not sure that's a realistic or a fair thing to say. If Justin Trudeau offered... 10% 10 percent increase in old age security for people over 75 um you know I do believe that he would put that in if he is reelected.
2: oh I think Libya it speaks to the issue of credibility and and I think it speaks to the issue of you know Justin Trudeau got elected four years ago or almost four years ago based on a number of promises that he didn't keep that that actually have failed and, and in fact hasn't able to be keep keep any of his major promises so for him to be able to say look at you know they're making promises uh, but the track record shows that he hasn't kept any of the major promises so why would you believe he's in these kept, provinces? He's kept some, some of, them. of them, yeah. But there's yeah, a lot of major ones that haven't. But, and I think it, that's why he's not even close to being reelected this time around. He, this, he should have had a he should have been a shoe in. Most people are allowed two terms, provincially and federally allowed two terms. And given who he was, and Justin Trudeau should have been coming into this election pretty much twenty points ahead. But the fact that he's not, notwithstanding the fact that what happened with Blackface and what happened with SNC Lavalin, which well, took I think a chunk,
1: that's why
2: he's not. But but there was also a lot of promises. The pipeline was one of them. Electoral reform was another one. You can go down the list. So I think it's fair in an election campaign yeah. for Andrew Scheer to say, you know what? I don't believe him. He's not going to keep up his promises. Now, that said, I think the key thing is, is that they're both focusing on the seniors and, and people that they're, are... They're
1: not focusing on seniors, but we specifically asked them about it. Well, and they've yeah. got
2: policies now that are trying to cater to, to the seniors and in the, in the, in the, in the population as well. And they're also talking about issues that are to, to effective in the millennials as well. They're trying to hit all of the major target groups on the election campaign. Um, but it's never enough. And, and There's never enough money to be able to to give those kinds of um, funding and programs that they need.
1: Uh, Yeah. But uh, again, Charles, um, do you think it will be easier to refute those claims? You can't trust him. I mean, on bread and butter issues. Well, he's tackled
3: some fairly large issues mean climate change, uh, legalization of marijuana, the child benefit. But, you know, what, what... what bewilders me is is Andrew Scheer's continuing insistence that the way to win this election is to go at Justin Trudeau's credibility to call him a hypocrite or call him a liar or, or whatever, when, you know, it's as clear as the nose on your face that what Canadians want to talk about is affordability. And we're starting to see those policies begin to emerge in what normally would be the second week of the campaign had it not been for a slight, you know... Ripple in the uh, in the the, uh, universe.
1: I asked Andrew Shear what he thought the was the ballot question character, or was the ballot question affordability? And he he did a hybrid. It's about who has the character to bring about affordability. And and John's nodding his head, saying that's not bad.
0: That's (laughs) a pretty
4: well. I I think Andrew Shear is playing it correctly, and that he because. I thought the Liberals would sail into re-election as well, but they're not. And it's because they, Andrew Scheer and the Conservatives have been talking about the character of Trudeau, not as advertised. He didn't do electoral reform. I mean, they're picking on the things that he didn't do. He hasn't done the pipeline. I actually think that the climate change agenda is a bit of a mess. Uh, he's got seven or so premiers that are want to fight him in court. There's the carbon tax issue is unresolved. He he's done some things, no question. But I, I think that the only way that the Conservatives were going to win this election was on a character issue. And I think to their credit, they're they're doing their best, and it's having an impact. Especially if we do see that the Conservatives are going up in the polls, it's only because they've been able to chip away at uh, Trudeau's credibility.
1: Now, this is a tangent, but to everybody who was whining about the lack of action on electoral reform, I would turn your attention to the Israeli election. <laughs> the second one in six months where there is yet another deadlock. You have a sitting, or I don't know if he's actually sitting prime minister who has to be uh, back in office to avoid going to jail. And, well, no, and but that's exactly- uh, another third election on the horizon. So for those who did not complete electoral reform, I say, good on you. No, so in I, terms I,
3: of going back to jail, that could be either going to jail, that could be either Netanyahu or Trump. Or uh, but, of, but, that's but, how no, important well, it is for them to get but, back but, into office. Beyond that issue,
2: though, I, I agree. I, I, electoral reform we have now is fine and it's great and I think the reason why uh, Justin Trudeau didn't go that way is because he, he felt that the Canadians didn't want to move that way, but he made the promise. promise. He's he the made, one who he's said he he's, he's to do it. He actually made the promise saying, when I get elected, we're going to be changing it. So he brought that issue up. Nobody else did.
1: Well, and also, well, there's a he whole, was no, there's a whole do, lobby group. I, I keep well, getting flooded with yeah. their emails called Fair Vote Canada. Mm-hmm. See, people, I'm giving you a plug, but yeah, uh, but
4: yeah. Trudeau also said he'd do politics differently. Oh well, yeah, and he's that. not right. He's just doing it the same way that has always been done, and so I think that's. And, and again, I'm not suggesting it's a right or wrong thing. He's just doing it the way it gets done. And he's not, he's not a different politician.
3: I don't know. Taking meaningful action on, on what has traditionally been a killer political issue like climate change strikes me as being pretty gutsy and strikes me as the definition of doing things differently, especially when you have a president of the United States who's referred to climate change as a hoax, where you have other right-wing leaders. He refers to a lot of things and, uh, as a hoax. Does he ever?
2: Well, including yeah. what happened 20 years ago.
1: <laughs> Trump? <laughs> okay, okay, we're get we're losing the thread of things here. Let's go to the phones. Let me see who has been waiting the longest. Robin Hamilton. Hey, Rob. How's it going? Fine. How are you? Good. Thank you. Go ahead. Um,
7: just, just like to talk about the uh, the black ring face again. Um, one of the things I'm a I'm a senior now. Um, one of the things that people seem to be missing on this whole thing is his enthusiasm of dress. If he had been asked to be the genie at that party, he would have been blue head to toe. Because that's how much he's committed to certain things. Yes, he admitted he was wrong, that he did it. It was silly. We all realize that. We realized it back then. But we're missing why he did it. He did it because he didn't do it because he was trying to be racist or anything like that. He's a very committed person. And when he goes into something, there it is. It's all out or nothing. And... And for those guys sitting on, the, on your little committee there, they're pretty high-handed when it comes to certain issues. I mean, uh, the thing I hear from millennials right now, and I work with a lot of them, they are, their biggest disappointment in Trudeau right now is the electoral reform, that they didn't go through with it. And even as a senior, and I hear you saying that, that, you know, the ties and stuff like that, but it's, it's better to know who's elected than not elected. Anyways, thanks for the time.
1: Okay, Rob, thanks for that. Let's go to Perry in Toronto. Hi, Perry.
8: Hello, Libby, and hello to your panel. Thanks. I am a -a 73-and-a-half-year-old black man born in Toronto. My first readers when I went to school were Fun with Dick and Jane and, wait for it, Little Black Sambo. Now I don't know who in the education realm is responsible for removing those brain-dead books from our education system, but belatedly I thank them. I am surprised at Justin's actions regardless of what age but having come from a knowledgeable uh, near say brilliant family and such a privileged education and life and becoming an educator he had to know what he did was demeaning and it isn't the fact that he thought he was having fun it was the fact that he was just going to do what he was going to do I don't find it so much offensive as disappointing that he is our prime minister who can't afford the rest of the suit that I paid for in electing him. I would like to see him roll down the sleeves, put on the suit jacket and a tie (laughs) and represent me as a Torontonian, as a Canadian and worldwide, which seems to be the only time he does put on the rest of the suit.
1: Because you you know that he uh, needs to roll up his sleeves for all the work he does around the house.
8: Well, I would like to see that on video, but I'm just, uh, now it didn't offend me that he would do it. It bothered me that he didn't show any insight whatsoever. And some of his campaign over the last four years just seems to be in the same realm that it's. Ah, well, I'm doing it anyway.
1: Did well? Did it? Did it bug you, Perry? That uh, you know, uh, if you accept that he he didn't know there was anything wrong with it, 19 years ago. Does does that bug you that he was that clueless?
8: Oh yes, he knew.
1: He oh, you think knew he knew? Knew he was
8: going to get away with it. That's the life of privilege and arrogance. And we know arrogance uh, always comes crashing down. And also, you can't fix stupid.
1: i'm
2: gonna use that line
1: (laughs) perry you know you're you're not going to top that line so i'm gonna let you go now thanks so much for your call
8: thank you very much bye-bye goodbye
1: okay uh i would think that's a strategy problem when people are calling in and saying you uh, can't fix you can't fix stupid what what Um, do you say to perry
3: (laughs) well I'd, i'd say perry uh is probably in a minimum uh, of Canadians in terms of their attitudes towards the prime minister. I mean, there's a reason he was elected in 2015 and there's a reason he's likely going to be reelected in 2019 and that's because people intuitively sense that his priorities are priorities that Canadians share. And, you know, I was thinking in terms of um, what Perry had to say, uh, you know, Justin Trudeau made reference last Thursday morning to his self-acknowledged blind spot. Um, with regards to racial issues because, you know, he just he grew up in very particular circumstances which we can all relate to, which is as folks who weren't racialized, who are part of a, 77% of Canadians are, I self-identify as white and European. We are um, you know it's, I would, I'd be loath to say the dominant culture, but it's a culture that has prevailed for much of Canadian and American history, and it comes with very, very real implications for minority groups, and um, you know, I think the prime minister made reference to that as in as fulsome a way as he could, and uh, and I think in the over the course of his apology, he spoke to a lot of people in that regard.
2: I, I would say, Charles, I think that dismissing um, Perry's comments, I think, is you do your disservice. I think he is a 73-year-old who was a teacher, uh, a black man, who um, you know spoke, I think, from the heart with yeah. respect to his issue. And what I thought was more poignant in his comments was that he didn't think that Justin was racist, but he said that he was disappointed uh, in Justin as his prime minister. I think that's, w- that's more damaging when, when Canadians are looking at this, whether or not you're black or white, but you're looking at this and the actions that he's performed and, and acknowledging that at 29 29- and he should have known better. So, given what he's done and whatever, he should have known better, given the fact that he's from the family of the prime minister, former prime minister. But it was the, when he said that I was disappointed in Justin Trudeau. That's if Canadians get to that point, Justin will not win a re election.
4: And, and on that, I think, uh, t- to your point, John, the caller also spoke about arrogance. And I think just as the conservative have the Achilles' heel around the social conservative agenda, the liberals have the Achilles' heel of arrogance. And if the arrogance ends up sticking to Justin Trudeau, it could be very damaging for him in the electoral process.
1: I don't think anyone thinks he's actually a racist. No, I don't think anyone thinks he's a racist. No,
2: no, no. No. And I think and I think that Charles had mentioned that. And I think that's why maybe Canadians haven't turned on him sort of completely. But but the the act in if it's in itself, I think people are saying he should have known better and it was stupid. It was showed bad judgment, all that kind of stuff. But then I think Canadians are going to come to determination between now and October 21st. Um, how disappointed am I in the prime minister? And, and does, did he lose some of his credibility, not only here as a leader, but also internationally? And how is he going to, repl- how is he going to be representative of Canada when he speaks to diversity issues, uh, you know, even here or internationally?
1: Yeah, but, but I think there's that. But then afterwards, people are going to look at it and say, how important is this thing really to me? And do I care more about um, the tax cut that he's offering or or the boost in old age security or any one of any other things that really affect people? Because if if at some level it's affordability this time, I think it's switching to character. But if, if affordability is a thing, then, uh, people, I think a lot of people will be saying, you know, do I really care about this versus that? It- it- is that kind of the hope for liberals, Charles?
3: Um, yeah. <laughs> <I'd
0: say>. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
3: I think I can concede that much. But I will say, and, and again, I'm, I'm a great lover of history. Um, and this is this is going to be out there so I'll ask for your indulgence but i mean the the tradition of theatrical blackface is creepy it's weird it dates back exactly 250 years to a play that premiered in New York in 1769 before the United States came together. It's a horrible history. And, mm-hmm. and, and it was prevalent in England through to the 1970s and early 80s, where there was actually a minstrel show on British television in the late 1970s. I mean, it's, it's and, and I don't pretend to understand it. Clearly, the world has moved past it, um, but it, it's, it's a strange one to be sure.
1: Okay, you know what? I'm just looking at the time. Wow, time flies when you're having fun. I'm going to take one more call, and people, Free For All Friday is coming up, because uh we do have to get to another really important topic. Uh, I'm going to wrap things up here. The The other important topic, which after the break, we'll get back to is is about uh, mandatory vaccination. But first, Sherry, if you could give us your comment quickly, that would be much appreciated. Hi, Sherry.
9: Hi. Yes, I think um, the focus of all the media is on the wrong issue. Yes, what he did was irresponsible. And what should be looked at is an institution that he was at that allowed that to happen and then reflect back on what's happening today, because racism air in Canada is actually institutionalized and is easier for us to work with the people that are having racist thoughts or doing things like that when we know what their thoughts are. When you don't see it, you cannot work with it. And the fact that he did that and he apologized, fine, move on. Let's look at the issue of what's going on with Black and brown people in Canada with native people in Canada. That is what we need to look at. And the climate. Uh, I I would like us to get back to the actual issues that are affecting Canada.
1: Okay. Thank you for that, Sherry. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I like Sherry. I like <laughs> Sherry. Okay. Yes, Sherry sounds like a liberal. Uh, let's wrap things up very quickly. Each of you, starting with John.
2: Well, uh, you know, it's, it, the campaign is two weeks in. Uh, we've got a huge amount of, uh, of issues, but to deal with, and more policies to come through in the next little bit. Um, but I think this is a huge, uh, a huge hit to the to the liberal brand, and I think more importantly to the prime minister's personal popularity, which I think is uh, is going to carry this thing down in the next couple of weeks.
1: Okay. Yes, and. Uh, Before we get to Karen, just he's still ahead on the preferred prime minister question, but Karen, your wrap-up thing?
4: Well, I think this is, at the beginning of this election process, we talked about how much elections matter, and they do matter, and I think we're seeing that now, and I think that how um, the ongoing response to this issue is, I think will be important for the Liberals and the Conservatives as well. Charles?
3: I think the last five days have demonstrated that the prime minister's brand is remarkably strong, that he has a very special Bond with Canadians, that his apology had, was heartfelt and did manage to resonate in the face of what was clearly dire political circumstances. I think Andrew Scheer has yet to find a gear that enables him to go up against Mr. Trudeau in a meaningful way. And uh, I would also note we haven't talked much about it, but um, notwithstanding Jaghat Singh's terrific response to the events of last Wednesday, um, his numbers haven't moved at all. And the Green Party, Lord, I mean, where to begin in terms of the opportunity <laughs> uh, they've lost in the yeah. last few days? My God. Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: well, we'll we'll uh, check with those numbers. I did see some numbers that had the NDP going up, but uh, we'll save something for next week. <laughs> Thank you so much to all of you, John Capobianco, Karen Stinson, Charles Bird.